call your attention to the fact that I don't want us to just think, I just went to a service, I went to a meeting, I went to a summit, I went to a conference. No, 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 no. Something took place. And my prayer, passion, desire is that in your lives, in your ministries, what heaven and earth agreed upon yesterday will show up in your, in your life. That you will not return back to your place of assignment the way you came in. Absolutely. That would be a disgrace and an insult to the spirit of grace. Yes. So I just want us in that understanding to, understand, to, to be expectant. To, 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 to say, God, okay, th- this has happened now. Now, God, what are you doing with this so that we can flow with what you're doing? No, we are not going to create any new work. Rather, we are going to look at what God is doing and join together with him and be an expression of what God is doing here on the earth. And that's what brings change. Amen? Are you understanding what I'm saying? This is a meeting like no other. It's a meeting like no other. Now, even though we have quite a few stuff to cover cover today, I just don't want to rush off you see, I want to be a student of what Dr. Dollar said yesterday. Yeah. And let me tell you what I mean by that. He said so many things to us yesterday in about four hours. That, no, five hours that I was here. So rather than rush up to new material this morning, why don't we go back and be students of what we just learned? Let us review what we just heard to be sure we are getting it. And even though we are reviewing here now, you need to go home and review again. And the next week, review again. And then until you get it, until it becomes part of you. Because then when it's part of you, you own it and you can leave it out. The reason sometimes we cannot own revelation knowledge and leave out revelation knowledge is because we never owned it. And you don't own it because you heard it. You own it because it transferred from your head to your heart. And it becomes life to you. Amen? So let's just go backwards before we can go forward. And so what I'm going to do now, I'm going to leave it up. To, I'm going to ask you guys, what did you get yesterday? What was impacting to you yesterday? Okay. Here we go with silence. This man spoke to us for four hours. And like he said yesterday, he, he cautioned us yesterday. He said, he said sometimes... First, the preacher don't know what he said. Then he said, the students or the congregation, they don't remember what they heard last week. The guy was here just yesterday. Can anybody tell me one or two things you received that you're going to own, take with you, that's going to be part of your life going forward? As the chief has the mic. Thank you, sir. Is it on? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, if either of y'all have to reconfigure and go back, you know, because we, we preach that, you know, it's male and female. But nevertheless, that's true. Yes. But there's a tendency for sin in all of us. Correct. So, that was really uh, just enlightening for me uh, to, to, move, to experience more the, the grace Amen. Amen. I'm struggling with one thing. Yes. But they're struggling with something else. 
Amen. That is, for me, that was a very big, big takeaway as well. And let me tell you how that should shape us going forward. He just addressed how it impacted him. That's true. Same for me. What would it, what, what would it be like? And let's use what we're all thinking that we're not saying. What would it be like if you had a homosexual friend? Or maybe not a friend. A person that's homosexual. And they said to you, as I've heard many times, in fact, the first time I heard it was Don Lemon, CNN. And he said he was born as a homosexual with a tendency. And I said, you are a liar from the pit of hell. I, I pointed my finger to the TV. I said, you are lying from the pit of hell. Well, now, fingers are pointing back at me and say, bank, you are lying. Because with my limited knowledge and revelation in that area, I just thought the guy was outright lying that no one could have been born like that and I had a good argument to debate the fact that it could not be true. But this is the point. If Don came to me and said that to me, with this revelation now, yes. can I not acknowledge Don, you know, I understand that. In fact, not only do I understand it, there's nothing wrong with you to be like that. Because in fact, I am not a homosexual, but I'm a liar. I have a tendency, because I was born in sin, to lie, to chase women, to drink alcohol, to be in drugs. I don't have your vice, but I have my own vices. So all of us came with vices. That's a leveler. So all of a sudden, the lemon is comfortable. All of a sudden, he doesn't feel bad about himself. Now, from that perspective, I can say, but you know what? I was born a liar, but I did not remain a liar. I was born as a man hooked on drugs, but I'm no longer like that. Why? Because God changed that. And the God that changed my root can change your root. The fact that you were born that way does not mean it was intended for you to remain that way. Jesus meets us where we are and he brings us to where we ought to be. Would that not be a better message to these people than outright condemning them and the fact is as we condemn them, watch this, we are hypocrites because we are condemning them in their sins and my gosh, our sins is just as terrible in the eyes of God as theirs. Life-changing. And that's the reason I'm going back. Because I don't want us to just rush off. I want us to understand how we can apply and use what we have received going forward to be a blessing to our generation. We are God's agents of blessing, not cursing. And if you remember what I said on the first night, one of the, in fact, the most critical area where grace shows up is in your relationship with other people. That's it. God deliver us. I'm so thankful for that message and for that particular revelation that came out of that nugget. That is a life changing because now we are better equipped to minister to our world without condemning them. And when you really see all of that, that was the way Jesus ministered throughout his life. Throughout. The only people he spoke harshly to were the self-righteous ones. The ones who thought they needed no help. And for them, he said, oh, you don't need any help? Okay, good. Die in your sins. Amen. So that was good. Anybody else? Anything else? Aha, the hands are popping up now. Praise God. <laughs> Use first. 
and then Pastor Wale, and then. So is that going to affect the way we minister going forward, please? Do we all get that? Okay, good. Now, let, let me just say this before she talks up. I am not saying that I endorse homosexual lifestyle. But I, I want to make sure because I have, I, you know, I don't want religion here to, 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 take, to, to pervert what I just said. I'm just saying, from God's perspective, all of us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the reason for which Jesus came. In fact, when a homosexual comes to us, we say, my God, that's the reason Jesus came. He came just for you and me. Because we are both lost and deep in sin. But love lifted us. Amen? Good. Thanks, ma'am. Go ahead. Good. So about tithing, about currency, is really trusting in God, and it gave me a desire to give more. Oh my God, Amen. Amen. What he, what did he say about the Old Testament and the New? What particular point did he make that touched you? If you like in the old cross, if you do this, if you do that, but then under the new covenant, it's all talking about what Jesus has already done. Oh my God. I didn't bring dollars with me this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it, girl. You got it. You got it. That's powerful. So now all of a sudden, when you are reading the Bible, it takes it to the, oh, you have a Thank you very much. I hope there's many more from there because, <laughs> amen. Ah, you see, Grace is talking. <laughs> amen. Praise God. Powerful. Very simple, very simple, uh, what do you call it? Benchmark. Very simple. Very simple. And as Sammy said to me this morning, what we need to recognize is, listen, we may not understand everything. All the T's to be crossed, all the I's to be dotted, we may not. And we, we may never even come to a full comprehension until we get to heaven. However, those constants, the pillars of the truth that you understand, let that upgird you. Don't be so... Uh, concerned about the questions you cannot answer. Don't allow the enemy to take you away because you can't answer this question. I can't. Therefore, uh, I don't know if I can. No, 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 no. Receive what you know. Build on what you know. And the things you don't know, we sort them some out. You're trying to build a house. You have pillars in place. The walls are in place. The roof is in place. Carpet is in place. You're saying the, the trash can is not in the right place. How important is that? You have a whole building, functional, working. You are, you are sleepless because it, the, the trash can is not in the right place. Hello? And you are bent out of shape because the color of the trash can is blue instead of black. Isn't that ridiculous? Amen. That was very good. And I want to come back and talk about that trust issue for a moment more. But that was very, very powerful. Life changing. Yes, Pastor Wally. Um, one of the things that uh, touched me deeply yesterday was uh, was talking about the love of God and the grace of God. Uh, the setting of the whole heart of love. 
so much. <laughs> and God has seen, really? <laughs> it's interesting how many cliches we've come, come up with you know, in the Christian circle uh, where we, how many of you really love God put up your hand and everybody puts up their hand? And you know, God, He doesn't ask us the way He asks and why because of the depth of relationship He has come you know, to with the Lord. That we, for me, one of the things I have to watch out for, the things that God is not doing about like this, not to quickly come to tell people how I love you. Yes, I should say it. But then somebody is looking at me and they've seen something that I didn't see. Like I always tell my children, before you say you're this, you're this, and you're that, remember you cannot see your soul. It's only somebody that can see what is in your soul. And so that person can tell you how your soul looks. Even if you put a mirror in front of you, you still can't tell the shape of it. So yesterday, I was searching my heart. The Bible says, love him with all of your heart. I said, really? I'm not thinking, like he said yesterday, I know I'm not thinking about him all the time. But yet, Jesus Christ has done that for us. Yes. And the only way I can truly say I love him it's because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Correct. And that, that is what God recognizes. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Yes. Okay, go ahead. The intercession of what he said about um, the expense of sin. Yeah. Yeah, you were giving an example. That's for somebody that is not yet like a Christian and born again. But you're talking about being born again and still struggling with sin, and you're talking about renewal of mind. I think you did really emphasize on that. That sense, what is the process to renew the mind? How do people overcome to stop the struggle? Even after they've been born again, and they have this struggle that exists. Okay, so you are saying that we need to stress more or speak more at the rule of mind. Okay, good. We'll we come to that in a minute. I'll take that into concern. Okay. Yes. 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 Amen. Amen. And also, he said, what, we, what our grace makes, faith takes. What, what? I, I missed that. Faith takes what grace makes. Faith takes what grace makes. Yes, 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 yes. And, and yes. that also was, was, was a Amen. I actually thought that grace land, I mentioned John 12, 32. That if, that if, that's interesting. So when I said it there, you didn't hear it then, you heard it yesterday? No, 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 I'm just listening, I'm just listening, I'm just listening. Because that's the, way, that's the way the word of God works. That's the way it works. You may have to hear it two, three, four, five times sometimes, and then, and then you get it. You know, it's true. So, so I really, I really it's a, that's the dynamics of, of how things work. Okay, uh, who has the mic? Okay, you. All right. Did you have something, though? Oh, so how did the mic get from there to there? Let's take her and then we'll we get you. Thank you. Understanding how the position was, if thou, if thou, and then 
nurses, so the before the cross and then after the cross. And that kind of opened my eyes because when you first came and you taught us about, you know, rightly dividing the word of truth, I understood, okay, yeah, we rightly divide the word of truth, we go back into scriptures, we, you know, take it. But until we actually, until I actually took it and owned understanding that, to rightly divide the word of truth is understanding before cross and after cross. Amen. That Amen. Amen. To me, I've been working on some things, and after I heard it yesterday, like, so before we go out and try and teach someone, you have to understand the position. We have to understand what dimension or what time frame we're speaking of before we can move on. Amen. So before the cross and after the cross is a really um, powerful thing for me. You are really listening. That's very good. I, I may I just say this as well. One of the things I really was very masterly in the way Dr. Dola brought it out was in the application of the, tran- new, of the translations. Because if you read that scripture in just the King James or the New King James, even though Timothy was told to rightly divide the word of truth, the Amplified helped us to understand what does that really mean. So I'm saying that because all of us have smartphones and you have various translations in those smart, uh, smartphones. Use them. When you're reading the scripture, and you want more clarity, more insight, go to the various translations. For instance, that John 12, 32, that we talk about, if I be lifted up, I will draw all judgment unto me. You see that clearly in the NET translation. NET helps you to know that that word man was in parenthesis and has a footnote that helps you understand that in the original manuscript, that word man was not included in the scripture. But the people who are translating they just thought, wait a minute, uh, what is the all that will be joined? And they just inserted the word man to make it make sense. Not know that in doing so, <laughs> they're, 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 they're trying to fix the message, but they were killing the message. Because, of course, they are human beings like you and I. You know, so that's one a case of trying to help God. But what I, the point I'm making here is, and especially when you realize in the verses above, According to how Dr. Bodella broke it down, the subject was judgment. And we know in our experience that if he's lifted up, all men are not drawn to him. That is, that is, that is very clear because as we speak right now, there are men who are devoted to destroying what he has built. So that's a very stark contradiction. So you know that something maybe I miss in that verse. And then you go to those various translations and then you get clarity. So I'm just saying that to encourage you to use what's available at your disposal to enlighten yourselves, to be grounded, and to be established in the truth. Amen? Good. Who has the mic? Who's? Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. 
are not faithful, they will not change me from being who I am. That is for me because this morning I felt that, you know, I just got into a new place with God. I just got into a new era in my life. Understanding that in truth, God really loves us, but it doesn't change what we have to go through to get to where He's taking us. Hmm. It's good. It's very good. Very good. I think Pastor Yemi had something. Oh, can you? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Give the mic. Oh, say you have something? Okay, okay. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Good. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's your line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Yemo. Amen. 
Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mighty ego. Anything? Yes. 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 Praise God. Good. Pastor Douglas. I know your husband will not give you a dollar, but I will give you one. to God. Thank you very much. I know Sammy has something, but let me just read a scripture before Sammy goes uh, that, that uh, talks about what you're saying. Psalms 51. If you guys can just put it for me on the overhead. Psalms 51 uh, verses 16 and 17. Psalms 51, 16 and 17. Thank you. For you do not delight, you do not desire sacrifice. That's David when he was confessing the sin. Or else I will give it. Now remember the context. The time David is doing this, sacrifices were valid, ordered, commanded by God. But David knew the heart of God. 
that even though we go through the motions of giving sacrifice, I know that's not what you want. Otherwise, I will, I will have given it to you. For you do not desire sacrifice. Or else I will give it. In other words, I want to be compliant. But I can be compliant, but really I want to be obedient. Compliance means I know the formula, I will do it. My heart is far away from it. Obedience means, listen, I know your heart. And delightfully, I want to be a part of it. Do you see the difference? Then he goes on to say, you do not delight in burnt offering. What? I'm sure Moses in the grave rolled around three times. <laughs> because he spent his entire life. <laughs> Aaron must have done cat wheels. What in the heck are you guys saying? You do not want burnt offering? This is my entire ministry. Now look at what it tells us. That speaks to me and you today. Verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. This, oh God, you will not despise. So I fall into sin. I'm struggling with a fault. What God is looking for is not me to go and get a bullock or a goat or something, but a heart that is contrite. Jesus, this was the reason for which you died. Jesus, this, you, 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 you offered yourself so that I would not find myself in this situation. I received that grace and the power, the life that comes from you, so that I never visit this again. You see, you cannot say that if you're not contrite. No. No. You can never, you can never say that if you're not contrite. If you're not broken. If you're not, if you've not become humble before God. That's what he wants. That's what God wants to see. Man, I missed it again. Oh my goodness. Jesus, I, I know, I know that you took care of this. I know you were already taking care of this. I thank you for the power in you, in your name, to overcome this situation. I really do thank you. I thank you that I will not find myself there any longer because I'm living a power of your everlasting life. Transition. I keep on telling us, don't overlook the small foxes in your life. Don't accept them at all. This is where we are missing it big time. I can see your big sin and don't see my little sin. And God says, it's the little foxes. The little foxes can climb to the top of the vine to eat it. But they eat the root of it. And once the root is eaten, the life is taken out of it. Little foxes. They are little. Little lies. White lies. It's convenient. Don't play with it. Let it break your heart. And invite the power of the blood. And Jesus' sacrifice to deal with it. To address it. Don't defy it. About what? Complain- Did I mention complainers or murmurers? I can't even remember now. The heart of the complainer. Wow. That, what did I say about complainers or murmurers? I can't even remember what I said about that. 
This it must have been now. I said it just now. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> maybe, maybe God will bring it back. <laughs> compliance and obedience to be compliant. Yeah, I comply. I don't agree. I don't see it. But I comply. That's what you request. I do it, but my heart is far from it. Yes, I have to do it not because I want to. Yes. Yes. Okay, get the mic. Get the mic. Sammy, I'm coming back to you in a minute. Um, when Pastor Don mentioned the giving of offering yesterday, yeah. we're giving it because we are pleased for what Jesus has already done. Correct. Would that tie in with what they're saying now in Psalm 51, verse 19? If we read down, after the broken spirit, it has said, Then ah. we accept the sacrifice of righteousness with one offering. Amen. That's, a, that's powerful. That's very good. Now, you see, you see David's contracts there. Put it back up there, verse 19. That's very good. Okay. Verse 18 is the key. Look at verse 18. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. This boy, this boy David, this, this, I wish I could find him too. I can, I can give him a dollar. <laughs> this guy is too much, man. Look at verse 18. Who's, he refer, who's verse 18 referring to? God. So, he's telling God, be good in your pleasure to Zion. After you have done that, verse 19, then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. <laughs> with burnt offering, which he just told us he didn't desire it. And whole burnt offering, which he just told us God despises. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. In other words, after you fixed us and being pleasurable to us, now we can bring what we know you don't even like. You will accept it because now we are doing it from your heart that's been corrected and altered. Out of appreciation. So we are not giving burnt offering because we want to give it so you can forgive our sins. We are not giving sacrifices so you can make us whole. But because you have made us whole, when we now bring sacrifices, you accept it. <laughs> it is too much. Dr. Badaki. <laughs> so, the, the whole thing for me was just... The, you know, it was good news. I don't know a better way to say. <laughs> and I'm reminded in the scriptures that ah. um, I think it's in Luke 15. Yeah. Uh, the Bible says that sinners and Pharisees and tax collectors ah, yeah. drew near to hear Jesus. Yep. Verses one and two. wonder what is it that Jesus will want to say that sinners would draw nigh to hear him. What will that uh, poster look like? 
that will be hung around the cities. What did it say? What was the headline that drew people to want to hear him? And not just people who want to hear things that, uh, you know, that please them. Because see, Jesus didn't say comfortable things. Especially to, as you would think, to sinners and Pharisees and so forth and so on. And yet, the Bible is very clear that they drew nigh to hear him. And the reality for many of us, unfortunately, sadly, is that sinners don't want to hear what we have to say. <laughs> in our churches and in our meetings, and you know, we keep piling on each other. And yes, there is a place for us to do that and to grow in the truth of the word of God. Uh, but for me yesterday, I left this place floating. I was full. And if anyone saw me yesterday and asked for something that I had in my pocket, they'd probably get it. Wow. Because, I mean, I was just, well, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was in cloud nine. Pastor, Pastor, she's asking what happened yesterday. That's yes, yesterday. You missed the spirit. She'll have asked me yesterday. You didn't have to <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's what good news does to you. Amen. It takes you to this place where you're just, you just feel like you can take on the world. Amen. It gives you hope. Yes. It gives you joy. It, yes. It fills your heart. Yes. And that's what that whole experience did for me. And I just think that as we stay on this place, in, this, in that realm, uh, that even today there will be, you know, another, another um, experience that's similar and, you know, we can just go on in that strength in Jesus' name. Amen. And so you all remember now, after today, go, target Sammy, because you, <laughs> that generosity, that's where generosity is flowing. <laughs> yes, Bishop. And then I think Dr. Stephen, yes. The entire conference is uh, something that most of us will never forget for the rest of our life. But I want to make a reference to something that Pastor Don said yesterday and also link it to some of the things that you've said at Christmas. Okay. Uh, in John 1 17, uh, he said, For the law was given through Moses. Afraid 
to stand convicted on what we believe. Uh, and cross pollinate the glory from your home. And cross pollinate this message, everyone. Because what happens is most of us, uh, some of us, shy away from it. In other words, we can declare boldly that, you know, this is my message, I believe in this message. But then you find yourself in the circle of a law people. You know, now you're preaching with a denominational law, strong churches. And then it's, finally, we can we can see on the same message. Uh, so it, we need to understand that the message is going to be attacked. But we need to understand that this is not a division in the movement in the body of Christ. This is the last frontier. This is the message. And this is not faith movement, it's not healing movement, it's not uh any other thing that has come before this, I think everything has come to a full circle, and we see that even those that specialize in these different areas are turning around to now embrace the truth. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, uh, as uh, Dr. Nofiak is preparing to get the mic, the attacks are real. Very real. Very real. I didn't get a chance to prod. Pastor Della to talk about some of that yesterday. But he will tell you. He will tell you. Meetings have been canceled on him. I'm talking about big meetings because of this message. And for a while, his spiritual father, Dr. Um, not Dr. Uh, Brother Copeland, did not see this message. Did not receive it. Uh, and this one thing about this young man that uh, we really can appreciate. In the first couple of years, when he began this, when he began to talk on this message, uh, Doctor, um, I, I keep on saying maybe he's going to be a doctor. Brother Copeland keeps, you know, he has the, what we call this believers convention every year, and all of, all his sons, wow, they are perpetually unscheduled to minister. All of them, Jesse Duplantis, all of those guys, uh, you know, anyone, Pastor Della, one of them. Um, Pastor Della will go in, and when it's coming, it's time to minister. This is the only message he has. He starts talking grace, and all of those guys will walk out one at a time. All of them. <laughs> and so, so, so you think that he will do that in, in this year, and the next year they bring him again. He says the same message. It's, not, it's, it's the individual message. He came up with the same message, gets the same response. Now, if it was you and I, would you go back to next year? But he stayed on it. He stayed, and this is in his tribe now. This is within his tribe. He stayed on message. And over time, those guys are shifting. Kenneth Copeland finally gave it the right hand of fellowship. <laughs> so I'm saying that to say that while the message has been established in certain circles, the people around you may not appreciate it. But you have to be composed and not get into a fight, into an argumentative spirit to try to accept, because if it's of God, you will not need the wrath of man to establish it. God establishes his own message. You don't need to fight for that. You don't need to strive for that. He mentioned to us in Alabama, one preacher that, uh, that banished his daughter because of this message. Yes. He did what? 
they banished. He disowned his, his daughter. Because of the... Huh? The father is a preacher, and the daughter is a preacher, and the daughter was following this message, and the father had to finally tell her, don't ever come back to my house. Listen, I did, we were there. We were, the, the lady stood up in the meeting like this and asked the question. <laughs> asked Pastor Della the question publicly. How do I handle my father? Yeah. So I don't know where the end of that story is. I'm not sure now. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't follow it up, but anyway. Okay, so who, you have the mic. who has the mic? I already said it. Okay. Okay. Sam, help her now. Turn the mic on. Please. Another thing that I understand in what he was saying to us yesterday is the more the Holy Spirit may not give you the full revelation of that that particular psalm one time. But when you continue to go through it over and over, more revelation will be revealed. So that people will understand it more. Yeah. Amen. Now, you guys didn't hear this or see this. When he came in yesterday morning, immediately he saw me. I mean, of course, we go through a, what we call theatricals. Uh, we, we've always, now that's an amazing thing. We've always called one another, they'll call me Baba Bank. I call him Baba Kreflo. That's, that's the terminology that we used to get for, for ages. So he immediately saw me, just like, bah, 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 you know, it's, it's good. And then, uh, right in the hallway, he started preaching to me right away. He started telling me, he said, listen, man, I, I mean, shoot, man, I've got more stuff now. I have more understanding now than I did last time you saw me. He, he told me that. And I'm saying that for your benefit. You will not remain in the same level of understanding forever. God's revelation is progressive. Because the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, it proceeds. There's going to be always addition, more. You're going to grow. I mean, that's the first thing they said to me yesterday. I didn't even ask him. He just said, man, I, mean, I, I, I can't tell you, man. I'm so full. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm having more understanding. I'm learning more. I'm learning, um, yeah. He did. So even a man at that level is not ashamed to tell you, I know more today than I did yesterday. So why shouldn't I be ashamed to, 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 to be the same? Amen? Good. For me, the, the, one of the apostles, uh, I don't know whether it was Matthew, but uh, he did say that, that when this gospel is preached. Matthew 24, 14. Too good to be true. Hallelujah. Hey! Uh, <laughs> as we understand and uh, as it deepens in our 
bears marks on our minds um, that this is too good to be true. That's what number two. I was able to, I mean, for the first time, uh, have the answer to the question that has been bothering my mind for a long time. I, I have been, you know, an exchange life counselor for quite some time, and I teach. Say that again. Who I told myself I was. Say that again. Who I told myself I was. Did you, did, did, you, did you understand that? I'm not sure we understand that. Identity. Based on what? How I feel. What I see. What's happening around me. What my relatives told me. What my friends are saying. What I see on television. I have formed another image of myself other than that which God gave me. And that's what most of us live by. I'm not feeling good today because my husband did A, B, C. I don't feel good today because my wife did Z, D, E. And therefore, on the basis of how I feel, that's how I see myself. So I I, I have believed those lies for years. Mm. Indeed. Then you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yes. And so uh, I have to renew my mind. I have to uh, cast away all those distorted views, all those warped views I had about myself and about God, that God hates me. 
Yes. Those views I had about others. Does others hate me just because I'm black? Others hate me because I'm too tall. Others hate me for one reason or the other. These are the things that the enemy programmed me with. Yes. From my birth. Yes. Put those ideas, put those thoughts. And those thoughts became beliefs, they became core values out of which I live. Yes. Amen. Those lies have kept me in bondage. Yes. I need to renew my mind to the truth uh, that that not only does God love me, but I am also lovable. Amen. Not only has He accepted me, but I've also accepted. Amen. That I'm not a sinner. I may sit sometimes. I make wrong choices, but still loves me. Amen. Amen. While you have the mic, can you just explain to her, as a believer, who's struggling, how to renew your mind to overcome in that area? She asked that question. Now you have the mic, and you're dealing with that now. Well, you and I have believed stuff about ourselves, about God, and about all Speaking on the mic, Doc. Yes. Yeah. Being born into a polygamous family. I was born out of wedlock. My, you know, the person who was my biological father was not uh, the person that my mother was married to. And so um, I was labeled uh, an illegitimate child. So I was born out of shame, out of shame, and I carried that shame for years. Uh, carried the shame, the guilt. I wasn't guilty, but I felt it because yes. I, I believe that my mother was carrying in shame and guilt. And so when I was born, of course, my mother kept this from me for years. I got to know that you know, the person who was my father, that I thought was my father, was not my father at the age of 45 years. At 45 years. 45 years. But my mother did everything to protect me. In fact, she overprotected me. Hmm. She overprotected me. Um, I was, I was, um, I was so shy. And I didn't know. I started up to 30 years, I mean, solving, because um, I was carrying that, and I didn't know. I was carrying that shame, the guilt, um, you know, the frustration, the wrong identity, uh, because we you're a bastard, you, uh, you are illegitimate, you don't belong here, and you don't have that, uh, you, know, the, you know, the luxury of acceptance. So my mother did everything. My, the person I thought was my dad did everything to ensure that um, 
and we feel accepted. Uh, but somehow, I didn't. And so, I had all this wrong image of myself, a very low self-esteem, very low self-esteem. And of course, I struggled with this. And the only thing, the only place where I could feel acceptable was in academics. And so I said, well, if I do well in academics, people will accept me. Hmm. And if they accept me, then I can accept myself. And so I plowed myself into academics. I did well in academics, but I was carrying that pain, the pain of the wrong identity. Secondary school, <laughs> uh, college, first degree, second degree, third degree, I still wasn't satisfied. Because I felt there was still something that, that, is, that is missing, there is something that was lacking. There was something that was lacking. I had this issue of identity. Who am I? Who am I? But who is my father? Because that is what I could relate to. Who is my father? And so it was, not even when I was born, it was, I was, you know, I accepted Christ in 1989, July 19. I was already uh, a senior lecturer at the University of Nigeria Institute. That's when I gave my life to Christ. But it wasn't until 2002 in this country, when I relocated to this country, somebody talked about the love of the Father. Mm. The love of the Father. And then my wife was sitting close to us, and I was saying, is there anyone here who has never received the love of the Father? The love of the Father. Would you get up and come to the altar? For the first time in my life. But I was crying. Deep crying. Because I needed somebody to hold me and say, I am your Father. And I am your father, and I love you. Wow. I mean, how old was I then? I was already in my late 40s. So I got up. My wife followed me. I went to the altar, and the guy looked at me. He said, would you mind using me as your father? Wow. And, and, and I said, yes. Tears were rolling down. He said, I love you. I love you. And um, I slumped. Because that is the first time in my life that uh, I could see somebody who I would take as a father to say, I love you. And that was a change. And that was a change. The you know you know the programming of that I am a pastor that I am illegitimate felt because right away he told me yes I want you to pay your attention fix the focus on God because you have the heavenly Father I lost my father you know the man I thought was my father. 
uh, at the age of 14. My body stood father at the age of 10. At the age of 10, so I never had, you know, a fatherly figure in my life. My mother never be married after I lost my father. Until that identity crisis. It wasn't until 2004, again, I wanted to go read again. After my doctor degree in 1983, I had my doctor degree in 1983. I wanted to read again. And this time I wanted to get a PhD in theology. I registered. I wanted to read theology, but the Lord said I wanted to read counseling. Because I wanted to, first of all, you have to know who you are. You have to know who you are. I want to solve the identity crisis that you've been struggling with for years. And so I changed from theology to exchange life counseling, Christian counseling, grace-based counseling, 2002. And I graduated with him a master's degree in 2005. That was when I understood what it means to be a child of God. To be a child of God. To know that you have a heavenly father who loves you, who accepts you, who makes you acceptable, that I'm not a master, that I'm not illegitimate. Yes, the world has labeled me that, but I'm not. So the truth, the truth of who I am, as you revealing of unseen Did you get that? Did that, did that help you? Okay. I know Derek, you have, you have something? Okay. If you have something, very quickly. Diola? Hello, Diola? Are you here? Oh, okay. Please, I just want us to close out this session with a very soft, well, maybe not soft, worship. Worship to God. God is doing something here. There's a therapy taking place. Dr. Nofek, thank you so much for sharing your life with us. I've known you for years, but I didn't know any of this, any of this story. This is liberating for all of us to understand how our past, if we are not careful, can almost hold us in bondage. And if, I don't know if you heard what he said. The key to his deliverance is understanding his identity. That's what we started this meeting with on Monday night. Understanding our true identity. That is the liberating factor for all of us. So, Derek, very quickly, yeah. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Mama, 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 handa raka basha katolo For years, I wanted to 
always plants a Japanese maple tree in front of my house. So recently I cut the two existing trees down. And while they were not so big, I bought an axe trying to get the roots out. But I found that, wow, there were so many roots down there. So I had to employ another person to come in and bring a machine that can actually cut down the roots. But while he was cutting it down, he told me I've taken everything out, the tree dead. But the residues. And I believe that that's what the same nature really is about. It's dead. But sometimes I believe it has residues. And as I employed to take all the roots out, I found that more and more. So just like Pastor Nofibia just said now, for years he probably felt the residues. But the reality is, sin is dead. It just residues. And when we renew our mind, it's just residues. They are dead. Can we just turn to our feet and worship before God and embrace his love towards us? And I don't want this to be a religious thing. If you feel moved by God to go to your brother or your sister to hold hands and pray with them and for them, I want you to take that liberty of the spirit to do that. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, thank you for your love. Me so. Thank you, God. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me.
So if you are praising and worshiping, this, because of lack of knowledge, are singing anything that is not scriptural, according to the gospel of grace, you need to bring correction. Absolutely. Because it takes away from what you are preaching. I had to get up here and tell my people. That song was beautiful. It sounds good to the ear. But it's poisoning my spirit. It's poison. Go find new songs. Find songs that are consistent with a message. Are we understanding this? So, so, so uh, you can't blame your worship leader. No. Because that's why you are in the set ministry. That's why you and I were set in place. So it's up to us to hear what they're saying, what they're singing, and say, no, no, no. That's a, that's a no-go. In fact, I was told that Pastor Dollar stopped this priest him right in the midst of a message. Of, of the thing. They just stopped and said, no way, no, no, no way. What were they singing? The law? <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, 90% of the songs out there are all law-based. You can use me, Lord. You can use me. Help me with it. You are begging God to use you? What did he create you for? You have the audacity to get on the platform. If you can use anyone, you can use me. That song itself speaks to the fact you don't know who you are. Now, do you know who your father is? Because you were created before the foundation of the world unto good works. So why are you not begging him to use you? Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Holy Spirit, come. Where have you been? Are you in this planet? He's been here since the year 2000. 2000 years ago. You're telling him to come now. And the Spirit said, am I talking to zombies? Who are these people? Are these, I mean, because I've been here for over 2000 years. You, you don't recognize me all these years? And as senior pastors are there, they are rocking. They say, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> Holy Spirit, anoint, anointing, come on me. Anointing. Ah, we say we, could, we are really in it. Yeah, it's grooving. Anointing. Really? For over 2,000 years, you've been anointed. And you're, 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 you're begging the anointing to come. You, you, you've listened to Ben Hinn so long. So, so, you know, I say, because you know, you know what you're doing? Know. Ah. See, I'm not a, I, I wish I was a psalmist. I can give you the song after song after song. You know, I can't remember them, but, but if we sing them, I can tell you if it's law. You can give me? Ah. Are you hearing that? It sounds so spiritual. And Jesus said, I am with you always. 
even unto the end of the ages. Oh, draw, draw Naira. Come on, Jesus. Well, how much you want me to just swallow you? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. But look at the song that they last open with. First John 4 19. The fact that we know that God loves us. Those are, that's why for me, that's my signature song. Now, I'm not saying that's the only song, but I know what that does for me. When it reminds me of how much God loves me. Because I now know that's the only way, according to Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul praying for the Philippians, that the love of God can abound more and more. That's the first thing we need to do. You need to go back to church this weekend and cancel some of those crazy songs. Take them and tear them to pieces. And let your congregation know why you're tearing them. Because there's no sense you tearing them in the pulpit and they go home and they start singing it again. The spirit of the law is still in their their heart. If you don't explain to them why you're doing what you're doing. And just by the way, while we're talking on this, don't blame the songwriters. So please, that's not, that's not what I'm saying here. They wrote the songs based on the revelation they have. And that's good and God uses that. It's important you make that distinction. You are not against the songwriter. You are not even against the song. That's not the issue. You are just saying you live in a different time. And therefore, you need to bring yourself in tune with what you know God is saying and doing. Does that make any sense? Is that such a hard thing to do? You need to be mindful of these things. I mean, it's amazing. Now you have a better appreciation for why God loves David. Instruments, symbols, trumpets, musical instruments. David was the first one that introduced them. When he came to Zion, with the ark of God. On that first day, they offered sacrifices, but throughout the entire era, thereafter, you don't see that again. Why? Why would they not offer sacrifice any longer? Because the altar of sacrifice was in Shiloh, in Gibeon, away from where the ark of God is in Mount Zion. So if you still want to kill goats and animals, wonderful. Go to Shiloh and do it. But before the ark of God, there's only one going to be one thing. Praise and worship and giving of thanks day and night. It's in the scriptures. I can give you all the scriptures. That's all he did. To show you how radical this guy was. He was looking straight to Hebrews 13, 15. Where the Bible talks about uh, sacrifice now will be the fruit of our lips. He started it. And the amazing thing was, from that day forward, music became incorporated to worship in Israel. Although Solomon came back after him and started killing sacrifices again. But for at least for David's time, and over and over and over, whenever Israel went down into idolatry or away from God, Nehemiah will come and say, we will revive Israel according to the commandment of David. 
Or Hezekiah will come and say, we're going to do this according to the commandment of David. What are they referring to? The worship. The songs. The prophetic. Yeah. That's what happened. Look at how grace-filled worship release ministry here just now, a few minutes ago. Do you guys sense that? Yes. Uh, only Pastor Dustin. Where were they? Yes. We started worshiping. Do we know what was going to happen? No. But as the spirit of grace was released, ministry took place. It took place. So, back to what I said. What's the first thing that has to change? Absolutely. Our music. The lyrics. Now, I'm coming. Let everyone be forewarned. Because when I now come to your place of worship, <laughs> I will come in love. <laughs> but if I sit down there, I'm hearing all these songs about Ezekiel and Elijah. You have to understand that I'll have righteous indignation. <laughs> because I want you to go back and get what your prison was. No, really. You see, there should be, there should be a a, a, a good uh, tandem between you as a set minister and whoever is doing your music. The reason me and Pastor Tosin became so close was because for years she was the elder in charge of Upreach, which was directly responsible for the music in the house. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't understand. They don't understand the, 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 the dynamics of that. Because once something bought something in me, I'm talking to her. Why? Because I want her to be able to convey that down the line. So that the appropriate music, appropriate arts, appropriate uh, ministration can accompany what's in my heart. Yeah. Ah, because it's not a one-man ministry. You're going to see that in a minute when we, when we get into the next subject. No. We have tried to kill the move of God by putting a burden on one person for the ministry. That is wrong. God never called one man or one woman to do ministry. Even back in the old, when he called Moses, Moses had enough sense to tell God, I cannot do this by myself, God. If you want one man, you go do it yourself. (laughs) And God had enough sense to hear Moses and say, okay, here comes your brother. It's your mouthpiece. And together, Plurality. Together, they upset the entire system of Egypt. And then you see in Exodus chapter 17 when they fought Amalek. Moses was up on the mountain. Aaron lifted one arm. Her lifted the other. And Joshua and his saints defeated Amalek. Where is this one man ministry coming from? Where is this one person ministry? Where is it coming from? It's coming from the old order. The hierarchical, uh, uh, divisive, erroneous, fading away ministry of Aaron. The chief priest. And by that title alone, you know that he's chief and everybody else is, they are the underlings. No. That's not what God prescribes. Use that gift of God around you. Everything we need is in the house. 
You just have not discovered them to deploy them. You have to be in constant communication with whoever is in that place and pouring your heart to them so they, they, they become part of you so they can execute what, you, what you're trying to get done. So that first critical area is music. It's music. Songs. Now, I have enough scriptures here because it's not just the songs alone. That's just one aspect of it. The next one is the, even the, the, the dance ministries. The dance ministries. The demonstrative dance ministries. You know, the artistic dance ministries. It's all part of that. It's, encom- it's all encompassing. It began in the scriptures. Psalm 68, Psalms uh, 104, uh, no, 100, all of them. It's, it's all in there. But it's all Bible-based. So the first thing we have to address again is what? The ministry of music. The ministry of songs in the, in the local church. Because if you don't address that, it's working against what you're preaching. So if you believe you are seated and you are at rest, that's the first thing you need to address. So there's this consistency in the ministry. So that before you get up to preach or share or teach, your song service has already prepared the ground for the message you're going to bring. So they're not singing the law and you're trying to bring grace. That's economics. The next thing after songs that we need to address is our prayer. It's our prayer. Wow, I can hear a pin drop. I love it, I love it, I love it. Let me give you one common scripture. Sounds good, very powerfully sounding good, but nothing could be far from the truth in today's time. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will I will what? I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal the land. Is that correct today? <laughs> what did he say there? Come on, say it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a way to do. Bless you, girl. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. Even the unbelieving world have forgiven. They just have not accepted it. They are forgiven already. Jesus himself made a pronouncement. Father, forgive them. For they know what they are doing. But it sounds so good. You give your intercessor, your prayer, your associate pastor, maybe even yourself, you get up there, you hold the mic. If my people, which are called by my name, to humble themselves and pray. Then I will hear from heaven. Is it there for all this time? So you cannot hear until you bow down, you're humble, and you, you say that God, you need healing aid. Do you hear what you're saying to God? The one that says, before you speak, I hear. Before you ask, I've already answered. Now you're telling God, please, put on your hearing aid because I want to talk to you. Paul gave us very simple prayers. You cannot find for me, please correct me if I'm wrong, in the New Testament, which had 
maybe even worse problems than what we have today. The kind of prayers that's going on in our churches, you cannot find it. Abba, Paul went to Corinthians and he saw the shrines of many gods. We're talking about idolatry? Really? Do we really have them? In Athens, it was open. The God of this one. God of thunder. God of fertility. God of sex. God of uh, money. All of them all over the place. And he saw them all. Ah, Athenians. You guys. You are so given easily to fables. He saw all of that. But in spite of that, he did not pray the prayer. The prayer that uh, okay, uh, the man, you, 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 must, you must kill your enemy and, and with fire. You will not find fall down and die. You will not find it. You will not find. Come your head to the front. You'll be successful. I need to send you that clip so you can see what I'm talking about. You will not find that. If you want your past uh, bad luck to go away, come your hair to the back. And people bought combs. I saw a man on a video with eight combs, different colors. True story. Different colors. Ah, he said, you, you, you don't do it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I like that. Okay, I, I, I trust. <laughs> Praise God. If we want to get results, then we must employ biblical sound methods. Paul was praying for a church he knew he would never see again. Go with me to Philippians chapter 1. This man knows he's about to be offered up. And he was saying, if you will, his last prayers for this church at Philippi. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Thank you very much. Now, if it was you, you are praying for your assembly, your congregation, you will never see them again, you know this is it. What would that prayer be like? Will you be praying for your church building? For their prosperity? For their healing? What would be your prayer? Look at what they pray. And this I pray. Point number one. That your love may abound still more and more. If we pray that in most of our churches, everybody will, be go, they will go to sleep straight away. That's like tranquilizer. <laughs> Love to abound. <sighs> because while you're praying for love, they are, they are dreaming Lexus. Five-bedroom mansion. Profitability in business. Ah, don't forget our singles. We believe in God for a new wife, a husband. You are praying for love to abandon more and more. What, what kind of nonsense is that? Don't you understand I have a personal need? Paul understands that if they get this, it's a package deal. This I pray 
that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Verse 10. That you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Every Pauline epistle is it efficient? Is it Colossian? It's filled with prayer, apostolic prayer. That, that just basically covers everything you and I are looking for. Because in Ephesians chapter 1, he prays, he prays, he prays, he talks about how God should uh, open the eyes of our understanding. So that we may be enlightened and know what the hope of our calling is. To know the exceeding greatness of the power of God that's at work in us, but that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Those are the prayers that bring grace results. Wow. I can feel the heat in here. Even just from you guys. I feel the heat coming right back at me. Hello? You have something? Okay, I think Dr. Yenko has something. Let me, let me take, let take, you have the mic. From the last, last, um, the last one. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Um, I don't know if uh, we already have, because this, most of this Yes. Yes. That's very good. That's very good. I'll get those resources from Dr. Dollar. Now, you just asked a question that helps address part of the reasons for which God may be making the shift that we made. Do you understand what I mean by that? I said the question you just asked helps me to address and explain to you perhaps some of God's wisdom in making the redirection or the shift we just made as of yesterday. And please hear the way I'm saying this. I'm not making a comparison here. Please hear me. Dr. Hamby is an apostolic ministry that no longer functions on a day-to-day basis of a local church. Therefore, there are certain areas and things about a local church that, is no, that he is no longer concerned with. Pastor Dollar, on the other hand, is still a pastor. A pastor a church like you and I. And therefore, certain dynamics of the local church becomes, it becomes an expert in them, so to speak. So, if I ask Dr. Hamby, can you give me some great songs? He may not be able to do that. Why? He doesn't need them. But for Dr. Dollar, who is teaching this message, and whose church has to flow along with it, they have a repertoire of them. So that will be an easy resource to get from them, as opposed from Dr. Hamby. Do you see what I'm saying? So those benefits come to you guys directly, immediately. I'm explaining that so you can understand how this is. Now, when God was dealing with me on this, I didn't know this. And I was not even thinking about it. It was later on, God was saying to me, once you obey me, you begin to see. You begin to understand. All it's going to take is a phone call. You have more songs than you can sing in 10 years. 
Because Jesus said it, others have labored, you come into the harvest of it. Biblical. Biblical. And may I just say this as well, while we're on that. Anything I'm teaching that you have as a note, you don't ever have to refer back to me to give me credit for it. Because you are connected to me, it's yours. You didn't hear what I just said. You can go anywhere and say, man, God gave me this revelation. Hallelujah. (laughs) It is yours. Ah, I'm trying to make a bigger point. Why is it yours? Identity. You own it. It's yours. And to the credit of Dr. Hamby, that's what he said to me. He said, everything I have, I've preached. Take it, run with it. It's yours. Because you are connected. Yeah. That's what the man said to me. And I'm sure that's what Kref will say. I say that in his stead. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I want to share um response to um, Dr. Yee. Um I knew Saint Dance and one Sunday we did a song we've done before. Um shout down. People responded, fell out, fell out crying, and when we we're done, Pastor Ben called me and Matt because he missed pretty much and you know, think God wants to pray for you, wants to bless you, and people are correction in love. The song is powerful, but, you know, however, it was on the law, it was in grace. And he told us that we're going to start writing songs that minister life and grace. So we went home, we didn't, we were not angry, but we received it, so we went home and we started searching. We discovered that a lot of songs that, for lack of a better word, I'm going to use this term, our kind of people, huh. rights nowadays, are very under the law. They sound good. They have a lot of movement. When I hear songs, the, I don't, the first thing I hear are the drums and the movement of the music because I dance. When someone hears songs, the first thing he hears is the music. So two different dynamics. So I love people like Ty Trippett, Kirk Franklin, you know, because I can move with the songs. But as we began to search, we found that that our brothers of the Caucasian persuasion, they have got it. All their songs, Grace, Dara McLean, Chris, you know, they, they sing songs that you're like, oh my God. So what did we do? We take those songs and put soul into it. And then you minister it. Dara can sing songs. Five minutes she's singing. She says, Father Lord, thank you that you love me. And as you spend time in those songs, as you spend time, it begins to renew your mind. Amen. It really does. So, so we have a lot of And then yesterday I bought um, a CD from the table. It's called The Heart of Worship. They are all great songs from the That's family. right. It brought the music. Yeah, I bought the CD yesterday. So his daughter is the one over at the, the African worship team. That's right. 
over that prison and they just write grace. So there are resources out there and we need to believe that God will give us the right songs. Now I'm looking at my books, I've two songs true. I wrote years ago that I didn't understand, so but I'm like, I'm looking through the eyes of grace, I'm like, oh my God, this is a great song. So God, even songs that you may like, take it, change the lyrics. The music is wonderful, change the words. I'm trading my sorrow, I have traded them, and I have left them down. Oh my God! Somebody give me a dollar. Where is it? Ah, this is. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm glad you are here today. <laughs> you, you, you. I told him that he did feel like his dread does with this with him. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and they find those songs. Amen. So yes, the ministry that David performed for is so it costs to generational lines, it costs to culture, it costs to everything. Amen. That is so profound. Amen. 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 Pastor Tosin, Don Manadon, Ganeo, David, and then we go to lunch. So we're in your hands as far as lunch goes. Remember, no starch, Leo, no starch. No starch. <laughs> um, thank you, Revelation. One of the things I also wanted to add, a few things that I want to add to what Pastor is saying is this. Um, for those that are the music directors and all, uh, as much as you want to get the songs from other people, as you bring those songs, I think what um, Dr. Uh, Pastor, Dr. Crefford talked yesterday should be the template for you to be able to judge the songs that you want to sing. One. Is it giving glory to you? Is it about you? Is it about you doing something for God to get a result? Or is it about the finish work which is Christ himself? So if you look at those songs and if they don't match with that, they just discard them. And, and like Revelation says, you can actually use the music and add lyrics to it. I think that's very important. That way, you're not as burdened with trying to look for songs all the time. As in where when you have songs, you can easily look at what you have. That does not mean what you have now, you're going to discard everything. There are some songs there that are still very good. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Things like that are very, very, very good um, that I would add to that. And as far as the area of prayer, what I wanted to add to that is this. You need to know that um, in grace, you pray from the throne room. In the law, you pray towards the throne room. Yep. So as you pray in grace from the throne room, you're seated, you're rested. You know who you are. 
And because you know who you are, grace prayer is more thanksgiving than it is a request. So, grace says, I thank you, Lord, I am healed. It is not, Lord, I want you to heal me. Because the Bible says, by his stripes, we, we have been healed. Yep. It is a done thing. God says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. This is the way I pray for that. I said, Lord, I thank you because you became poor that I, through your poverty, I am already rich. Because you said it is finished. Concerning my finances, I am at rest because you said it is finished. Jesus, I know you have done it and I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. It is not, Lord, I pray that you will bless my finances. Asking him to bless your finances is asking him to undo what he has already done. That's how you pray from the throne room. And when it comes to praying for the things in the church, Father, I thank you that, Lord, in this service today, you are already glorified. You are already a part of me. You live in me. In you, I live and move and have my being. When I start my day, I use for Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I that live, but Christ that live in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So today I thank you that your spirit brings out your goodness in me. Lord, I thank you because your spirit brings out your fruits that is already in me. Because I also recognize that Jesus is with me. Emmanuel, God with us. And because God is with us, I'm not praying to a God that is far away. I'm talking to a God that is as me. Yep. Because Christ is living as me yes. on a daily basis. So that's what guides my prayer on a daily basis. And that's how I teach those that are in my downline and those that are mentoring as I guide them in prayer, get grace-based prayer. Amen? Next person. Wow. Hello. Yes. Okay. Well, our by your prayer. Okay. Um, I am very, very, very grateful to be here. I didn't know why I'm in America at this time, but I think God ordered my steps. I did not know we were going to have this process. I came because of grandchildren. Last night, you know, the first time you could, I had this great message, the Sunday I came. Yes. You know, I nearly, nearly opposed it. I didn't yes. want to receive Yes. But I thank God. It's simplicity, the way it has been presented is so simple that anybody, anybody can catch it. But I thank God again that I don't have a mental job yet. Because last night when I got home, I said, wow. So we've been teaching erroneously. How? I'm seeking wisdom here. Or just a few sure, sure, sure. Because I'm assisting Yeah. And I know I'm going to face some resistance as I go back. 
I'm speaking with you. How are we going to face the congregation again? Well, you know, when you are teaching in the church, people who are, you know, there are some students in the church, yeah. and they are taking notes. Yes. And when we are speaking, we are saying that I'm hearing God political delegates, and they are, they are recording that. <laughs> and now I'm going to go back. <laughs> Has now revealed to me that this is what we should go. We are now in great defense. How? I think I'm seeking the wisdom. Sure, 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 sure. How this we can present this. I know we are going to use scriptures to us today. Yeah. But as they have, because we've done a lot of damage. So how are we going to undo the damage we've done? I know we are going to use scriptures. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, very, very good question. Very, very good question. What I'm hearing him say is, how do we as set ministries make the transition in our local setting to introduce this message without losing our credibility? That's, that's really what I hear. Okay, let me let you come in. Uh, you know. Pastor Kumuyu is a very renowned big preacher in Nigeria. Go ahead. Yes. No, finish what he said. Finish, finish what he said. He said something else. That he will now spend the rest of his that life correcting exactly. the errors he taught. Yes. Your email address. And, and, then, and then be consistent. Don't get there 
And then, because the arch is always just like what Pastor Samore said, you might be in area of finance, you, you might have the arch to probably mix a little bit of law with it because people are not moving as quickly as you wanted. So if you do that, then you will tear everything down. You will neither here nor there. So that's the key. Amen. You just have to be honest. Remember, First Peter 5 and James chapter 4, uh, the Bible talks about uh, when you are humble, grace is more abundant. I've told my story here. I think one of the, I don't know which goes in where I told you guys, I stumbled into the grace message. While Dr. Norfolk has been sitting down here for years with the message. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, I don't want to rehash that story, but, but that's what happened to me. I stumbled into it. And, uh, and uh, gradually, God began to add, to add, to add, until the message became more established. And even now, I'm still learning. So, uh, there's nothing to be ashamed about because we are forever learning, as long as we're here on this earth. So, we must understand that. But it's, it's better to quickly acknowledge that with your people. Because that's really where you get credibility. The pastor can admit that there is more than what he's been telling us and make the course redirection. What I would like to hear is, how did you do that in your own house? Uh, or have you done Are you still under the law? No, 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 just clearly, you know, it's like what I said, uh, that we've come into this revelation and we want you then to understand that some of the things that we've said in the past not completely accurate because uh, the revelation is progressive. Correct. You know, so you're not lying, but at the same time, some of the things that have come into me, uh, I thank God for it, and, and this is where I'm going to stay. And then uh, trying to tell some of my ministers and pastors stay on the same message. It would be wrong for me to stay on one message, and then everybody's just coming with some other things. Let everyone stay on the same message. And eventually, you will sensitize the house. Uh, but can, can I add this to it, Pastor? Mm-hmm. Listen to what we've just discussed this morning in the area of prayer that Pastor Tussi just shared with us. I love it when she prayed. Believe me, I always learn a lot from her because I think she really uh, taking this uh, grace message uh, in the area of prayer to, be, to flesh it out. You cannot listen to her. And don't thank God <laughs> for what God is doing. Yeah. And then again, the music. Uh, and if you look at the things that needs to be changed in this great message, it's so much. I mean, thank God for the ministry heads and some of our pastors that are with us here. Can I suggest, if it's possible, to have a seminar? Tosin, are you listening to this? Focus to the music and prayer. Yeah. And then, maybe it's going to be part of gossip, or maybe we're going to move around, or maybe we'll set a day and all of us send our praise team, send our prayer words, our ministers, and let it be a workshop, a workshop dedicated to this re engineering grace church. Okay. That's one way to do it, but let me give you another way. 
so that we don't reinvent the wheel. Dr. Della does this about three or four times a year. About three or four times a year. Exactly what you just mentioned. They do it and they make it available to everybody. I think last year, me and someone went with me to one of those sessions. They do it all the time. That's another one of the benefits. Again, I'm just remembering that now. Because of the local church setting an environment where they are, they are, they, they, they are in a good position to be a resource to other local churches because they know and realize the need of local churches. It's, it's, they do it all the time. Praying ministry, praise and worship. Yeah, because I've been to one of those things. So now, we can either own it or we can be a part of that. But it's available. So I'm saying that to answer your question that yes, it's, it's available. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I believe this lady, if you read her prayers, talking about uh, templates, yes. if you read her prayers, Jermaine Copeland, yeah. since they were, I believe they were far ahead of time, Yes. most of our prayers yes. are grace prayers. I, I don't know if some of you use them. Sure. They are actually forward-looking, faith-based grace prayers. So um, you can check them out and see if you if your spirit agrees with them. But my uh, question is, um, how do you deal with um, visiting ministers? You don't invite them. Uh, I just answered, you don't invite them. Listen to me. Why are you going to invite somebody to your house to destroy what it took five years to build? Ask Ganil. He just preached last Sunday. What did I tell you before you preached? From Nigeria, you said, no law, grace. Don't come here if you're going to bring it down. You, you did very well, by the way. You did very well. But I told him, why are you going to bring somebody to your house that costs you so much to build and in 30 minutes they destroy with law? And you have to go back and spend another three weeks, one month, six months to, to fix it. I will not bring them. I don't care if they have smoke coming out of their ears. <laughs> no, your wife don't need to be here. You are the set ministry. No, you know what I'm saying. I, I, I'm just teasing you. But I what oh, yeah. That's the qualifier. I don't care if you are jumping up and down. You are wonderful. The world celebrates you. If you are not bringing Jesus, why, why are you coming here? Don't bring Ezekiel to the house. Or Elijah. I thank God for Elijah. I thank God for Ezekiel. But I want to hear Jesus. And him crucified. If you can't speak Jesus, stay outdoors. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, as far as this, no, no, no. I won't bring them. I won't bring them. Bringing them is an indication you yourself have not converted. Not only do I not bring them, to be honest with you, I don't even listen to them. I don't listen to them at all. At all, at all. Say at all. Praise <laughs> God. You have something? Who else now? Okay, you and then, yeah, you have a mic. You have a mic? What happened to the mics? It's, it's traveled? Okay. Okay. Is that the last one so we can go and eat your sandwiches? <laughs> one of the things that I'd like you to do uh, for us going forward. Yes. Morning, as I was meditating about all this stuff that happened Monday night and yesterday. Yeah. The question popped into my spirit. 
I wish I had uh, come yesterday on the last of Dr. Dalman. When he started getting into this message, this revelation, what was the response first from his leadership and then the church at large? Oh, okay. Oh, sure, sure. I can tell some of them because uh, by virtue of proximity, I got... First of all, he lost a few people. Absolutely. Especially when he started talking about the issue of eternal security. People, he was preaching and people were yelling back to him from the back of the sanctuary, heresy! Abomination! (laughs) Yes. Yes. Of course. Of course. And I don't blame them. You can't take this as personally. That's important. Because that's where they are. They've been taught this stuff for years. As I said in my own testimony, I thought I was a Holy Ghost police. In debating and arguing with people who did not agree with me back then in the day. Because I was like them. I thought this is heretic. This is crazy. How dare you? Says that somebody is born again, and no matter what they do, they stay safe. No, it's not possible. I fought it. I fought it. Like Paul, I was a persecutor of the church. So what I'm saying to you is, yes, he lost some people. He admits that readily. His first convert was his wife. His first grace convert was his wife. The next one was his daughter. Yeah. His wife said what helped her to embrace the message was not what he preached, but what he lived. You guys have no clue what happened yesterday. My wife and I were talking about that this morning and maybe even last night. The careful dollar I knew will never come down and shake anybody's hand. I've known Kref since 1988. 19... Never! Say never! I know ah, you don't mean it. Say never! <laughs> and I did not suggest it to him. He asked me. I almost thought, ah. Uh-uh. Is this Kref? Or shall I ask for another one? Because is it, is it the beard on his face now? Which one is it? <laughs> he asked me. What? Kref, did you just ask that question? First of all, let's, let me back up. When we engaged him, I said, we want you to come. We wanted to know how long should he speak for. We said two to three hours. And then maybe last week, they wanted to reconfirm our plans. And I told Revelation, don't say two to three any longer. Just tell him three. Because I don't want him to come here thinking maybe two hours and five minutes. I said, tell him three. Do you know how long the guy was here for? Five hours. Five hours. What did you just hear? It did beyond what we ask. Grace. Grace always does exceedingly abundantly above. If you just came in and did what we asked for, you are working on that. You just made the law. It did beyond. 
Yeah, I swallow us. And if I didn't stop it, it would have gone on. It would have gone. The, I mean, I've been to, uh, we went to Grace Institute together, my wife and I and Sammy, many times. I've been to his house where he had his own sons, minister. Never once did he get up and say, he starts to shake anybody's hand. You, could, you couldn't even see him. He would come in just right at the last, the sound of the last song, get on the chair, speak, and when he think, when he say Amen, before you can open your eyes, he's gone. What I saw yesterday, I said, Ah, God, what are you? What is? Did he? Is it this new understanding that he just got this last few months that changed? I don't know because we got, unbelievable. But his wife said, when I saw the change in him. Some of us have had dealings with him. I've, I've been there, and, and I'm, maybe you should not tip this. Just turn the tale for a minute. Well, well, what I implied is enough. <laughs> <laughs> so the wife said, I know grace has touched my husband. Mm. And if the message can do this, mm. I'm ready for this message. Fast forward. This is a matter of public opinion, public uh, domain, where he was arrested and put behind what what they call that detention because he beat his daughter. How long ago was that? It's not that long ago. No, about seven years ago. Is that three years? Okay, maybe maybe I'm getting wrong. So it happened. And what was the situation? The girl wants to go to a party, and the father said no. And I don't know about you guys, if you're raising adults in your house, adults, I mean adolescents, people that have turned 16, 17, 18, 19, they think they are grown, they, they, they're old enough, they can drive a car, they have uh, hair growing in their nose and all that stuff, so now they think, they think they are ready for the world. And the father said no, they say, I'm going. And it became a battle. And the other daughter called the police and said, my father is beating my daughter, my sister. Yeah. But that girl, oh my God. <laughs> you, saw, you remember the song? That girl, as such, she was wayward back then, three, four years ago. But she has seen a tenderness on her father that she can never imagine can ever take place. And as a result of that whole transaction, the same girl that, that it was beaten became a summons now. And her first song talks about the father's love. She sang it to us, for us, in one of these grace institutes. Everybody was weeping. So she also became an adherent of grace because of the change she's seen. So back to your question. The only way your congregation will embrace this message, there must be change in your life. Don't tell me or sell to me a message that's not working for you. I don't want it. If grace has not touched you, don't talk to me about it. I don't want to hear what you want to say. I want to see what you're saying. Does it make sense? Because the fall, the first things the fall did, there are four things. Are you, do you guys want to go to lunch? Because if you want to, I, I, I'd rather you go, not go to lunch. I can talk to you now from now till 7 p.m. 
I'd rather you go to <laughs> because that lunch weighs you down. It's like lead in your spirit. Four things the fall did. The first thing is separates you and I from God. But the next thing he did, it changes the way we see ourselves. Shame. Adam and Eve had to go and hid because of the shame of their nakedness. And the third thing it does, we blame one another. We blame one another. Adam, why did you do this? It was Eve. Eve, what happens? It's happened. We shift in blame. And number four, it affects our environment. Because as a result or consequence of the fall, the ground was cursed. And so if you're going to get a consolation, reformation, all these four things must be restored. Amen? As we will see when we get into the next subject, that's why the message all of us have preached up to now have been an incomplete message. Incomplete. Because we started at the fall of man and the redemption of man. Only two points. But that's not complete. That's not complete. That's an incomplete message. But we'll get to that in a minute. So I don't know if I answered your question adequately. So you preach the message. It has to affect the way you see your wife, your husband, your children. And then, of course, the people in your congregation. Yeah. It has to. If it doesn't soften you, it's, 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 something's wrong. And I keep on saying this. Me and Sammy talks for hours on this. I keep on saying this. Don't be tolerant on the, for the, or, or of the little foxes in your life. Don't be tolerant. That's, the, that's what keeps us bound. The abnormality has become a new normal. We just accept it as normal. If something is happening, Sally told you this happened. John told you this happened. Jane told you this happened. How about you? And you're pointing and you're still defending yourself. Sally is wrong. Jenny is wrong. Something is wrong with you. Own it and ask God to help you with it. Then trying to explain it away. Do you understand what I'm saying? If people that love you around you keep on saying some things they are saying about you, don't explain it away. Deal with it. Three or four people cannot be wrong. It's the way we are open to dealing with those simple things that opens us up, opens us up to receive the big things from God. Yeah. I remember years ago, Sammy and I went to a, a, a funeral of a, of a little, little baby. And a preacher was in that, in that meeting. Uh, an acquaintance of mine Uh, who had reached out to me, but perhaps I've not responded as aggressively as he expected. He just preached for me maybe three months prior to that time, maybe three or four months. And he said, man, what's wrong with you? How come, uh, you know, how, how come, you know, since I preached for you, you've not, you know, spent time with me, we've not gone together. He just, he, he just, lay, he just, it, was, it just came at me heavy. 
even though I had legitimate valid reasons to refute everything he said, I walked away and I told Simon, I said, Sammy, this and this and this is what happened. I heard what this guy said. But let me tell you what I heard God say to me through it. Do you remember that conversation? I said, even though I had legitimate, valid reasons to counter and refute everything he said, what I'm hearing God say is, bank, take care to nourish the relationships I'm bringing around you. Even though the accusations are wrong, if you focus on the wrong accusation, you miss the bigger lesson. You got to be careful. There are things to learn even from wrong things that's happening around you. Don't just discount everything. And, and, and something else, especially for us, set minister, don't try to do ministry alone. What is wrong with you? Where do you get that from? <laughs> don't try to do ministry alone. Don't try that. Jesus sent him out two by two. You would, the only time you found Jesus alone was when he was praying. Yeah. Of all people, he definitely alone could do all kinds of things by himself. But he chose not to do so. Because it takes every living moment for it to be a learning experience for those around him. So they can catch something. But not only that, so you can use those moments to add value to them that you are a part of this. You help make this happen. I don't think you got that. Not that he needs us, but we need him. And in us needing him, it gives him the privilege, the opportunity, and the pleasure to say, Ghani, you did this. God used you to do this. So you can feel good about yourself. So don't do ministry by yourself. Wow. Was that, was that the rest of the... Was that, did, I, did we cover everybody? Okay. 